0: Well, hello there, my waterproofians. Yep, that's a nickname for you. Welcome to Waterproof Records with Jacob Givens, if this is your first time listening. So happy to have you here, and if you're returning back, thank you. I love doing these shows, and I'm happy to have you as my audience, so we dig into albums from the past, present, and Future. I don't think we can listen to albums in the future, but we can hope and try. But I am so excited about the guest on my show today. She's a good friend. We met on social media, but we have since become fast friends. And I'm so happy that she's coming on the show today. Her name is Allison Hagendorf. And Allison Hagendorf is a you know music pro she's been working in the music industry and around it for the past several decades and she's been a television host Uh, she's been worked with Spotify she worked in the record label industry and A&R so she has just an incredible life story and she's a music lover and fanatic and geek like we all are so I wanted to have her on the show and I'm so happy she's here but before we get to that theme song time
1: you're going to change, I can deal with you. you just going to be that kind of spot, Emma. Waterproof Records. Waterproof Records. Waterproof Records with Jacob
0: Dimmons. All right, before we get started, you know I want to talk about DistroKid.com. I cannot do this show without their help, and I want you to check them out. You need to use DistroKid for your music. DistroKid.com slash VIP slash waterproof gets you 30% off your first year. Your first year of what, you're wondering? Well, that is where you go to DistroKid.com, the link I gave you, slash VIP slash waterproof. And when you click on that, you get your 30% off. You can upload your music, and it will be on title. Uh, Apple Music, Spotify, everywhere. They have all these cool features that come included with the cost of uploading your song. And this is really your chance to put all that songwriting skill out there for the world to hear. So you should definitely use distrokid.com. I love them. I think they're fantastic. I put my album out there. Um, the one that I recorded in 2007, I put it out with DistroKid, and it's been great. It's just been a fun opportunity for me to share something that I wrote 16 years ago with the world. So you could be doing the same thing. You could be sitting on some files in your computer, some songs you've been holding on your whole life. Well, now's your chance. You can let everybody hear them. So make sure you check out my link and support the show. And uh, now let's get into it. So I am so excited to welcome on to Waterproof Records, ladies and gentlemen, my waterproofians, Let's welcome to the show, Allison Hagendorf. I am so happy that you are here, Allison Hagendorf. Yay!
1: <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. I'm um, so happy.
0: My buddy, my pal, and and uh, someone that I just love making stuff with. And uh, when you and I started making videos together, and then we we joined forces with Patrick Hicks, and then we became this this triumphant trio. Um, I knew I needed to have both you and Patrick on the show. And so thank you so much for coming on to Waterproof Records. I am thrilled.
1: Honestly, thank you for having me. I am honored. I'm a huge fan of yours and of Patrick's. I love what the three of us have done together and what each one of us is doing individually. It's all about... The community and inspiring each other and supporting each other and it's just like it's this love fest of psycho music fans. <laughs> uh, psych- that is the key <laughs> word, kind of like-
0: psycho music fans. And I'm psycho sure
1: music fans.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Like like me, I'm one of these people that I went my whole life, and you kind of assume that isn't everybody like this about music. And then the more stuff we make, you realize no. Not everybody is that obsessive. Yeah. And so they love to watch and hear and learn. But I'm like, for us, it's like your whole life, you just spend like dissecting every band, getting all the releases, getting so into it and knowing all the stories and the, the the you know, the facts behind the albums. And it's always great when you meet somebody like you, who it's like, you're my people. We We do this together. So... So cool.
1: It's we're like, it's like my brethren. It's like our people, you you know, it's like, I, like you said, I always thought everyone loved music the same way I did. I thought that was like normal to be obsessed with music. And then I just realized, well, obviously I've worked in the music industry my whole life. So I realized, you know, a certain breed of person commits their livelihood and their lives to music. But social media has been amazing because you find your fellow lovers that you may maybe don't know from the music business like you, you know, but we are the same. You know how music just gets inside of us in ways that it doesn't quite permeate other people. Right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's unique to us. It is.
0: Yeah. It is. It is. And I I wanted to share with the audience how we first met and and the first uh, project that we got to do together. We connected through social media. Uh, I, of course, knew who you were, you know, given that you had the Rock This uh-huh. with Allison Hagendorf. And I knew, you know, just how much you've been involved. And I really want to hear, you know, your story um, of what led you to where you are today and kind of the journey through. But we connected and then we were like, we gotta work on something together. We gotta work on something. And you you were like, hey, we're coming up on the, the anniversary of Siamese Dream. And you were like, this is a big album for me. And I know it's a big album for you. So let's do something. And I so I got a chance to come over to your place, see this wonderful collage of photos and albums behind you in real life, which was just, you know, awe-inspiring. And I, I get to Aww. your house and you are pregnant and i mean like <laughs> weeks away from yes. from delivering that baby you were so close how close were you to having that that baby I- I mean, I think it was literally a couple of weeks it I was think we a were weeks. like home stretch. I, yeah, I was thinking if we, I could have given birth. I could totally, have given birth while you were there. Totally, and I'm I'm like directing, you know, the the behind the scenes while we're getting the shots of my angle and your angle, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, if we rock out too hard, she's gonna go into labor. We gotta, we gotta, you know, it's and it's it's impossible to not rock out to Siamese Dream, you know.
1: It's true. That was so fun. I <laughs> it loved it. So I think that really solidified, you know, my love for you and realizing yes. how in sync we were. Yes, that's can, like when I
0: knew. Yes, absolutely. Because you know, we you the social media. You can talk with somebody for years and not really, especially if you don't live close by. You can get to know each other and and re- never really get that one on one time. And so the fact that we got this chance to like meet and hug and just be like, yes, and I met your yes. husband and. It was just a cool moment and um, we made this video and so for those listening who haven't seen it, which you definitely should see it, we did this reenactment of two friends calling each other on the phone uh, to basically like go through Siamese Dream like in real time, track by track. Yeah. And it just cuts back and forth to us just losing our minds over each song. And when we filmed it, it was so easy because I would just hit play on the songs right there on a on an iPad in the room. And the reactions we were giving were just like what you would do in that moment in the exactly. song. It was like this is this this makes itself work on its own because the music and the, the 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 talent is there from the band. And uh, it was just a cool yeah. project to put together.
1: We were, we're also both just so genuinely and authentically passionate about that band and yes. that album that when I hear those songs, which, by the way, that album is a masterpiece start to finish. When I hear those songs, I am instantly transported. Yeah. Um. And I get lost in it because it really is timeless. And it's just as phenomenal today as it was when we first heard it the first time. That's why I love doing that video with you. So It's fun to like pretend as if we were hearing it for the first time. But honestly, the music is so powerful that it does sort of feel that way each time because it's so uniquely magnificent. It really is.
0: So true, so true. And you know, we could have chose a million different albums. It was just so perfect that that was like the timing that we were just talking and it was coming up like around the corner and that we were able to pull it off before the anniversary of the day and then before you had your baby, which was awesome, <laughs> uh, we pulled it off. You did not go into labor, um, and then we, it we did not. No, and then we met then, and then um, we continued to talk, and then I got to know Patrick. Patrick came out to California. You know, he lives in the in the middle of the country. He came out to California. We got a chance to film something together, um, and it was so quick. Like we got together, and it was in my car. Like after a l- we hung out for lunch, and it was literally this pocket of time. We're like. What do you want to do? Let's do this and we film it. And um and then I said goodbye to him and then meanwhile you guys are befriending. We I'm getting so then the the trio was formed and we're Wonderful. like we got to make videos of us together and we got to do these mixtape videos which those were some of my favorite and I, I think there's probably more to come down the road. It's just it gets yes. more challenging now because I have a show. You have a show. Patrick has a show. We all have shows. We're like putting out the, our our love of music. So when we come together, it's even more, you know, it's even more special now that we get to come. It together. is so
1: special. It really is. i and like, I feel like I've known you guys forever. Totally. Just ba- just connected through our love of music. It's really yeah. so
0: amazing. It's really cool. So those videos are we, we came up with this idea of, oh, let's go back to 1992 and we, would we pick the perfect mixtape. And um, we limited ourselves, and that was the hardest part because we were like, you can only That was impossible. Impossible. We would choose a song uh, that was like our side A. We, we gave each other two choices for side A and then two choices for side B. And we would agonize uh, a lot of the footage that people didn't see, Um which was us going i wanted to choose this and i wanted to choose this and then i knew that i've got to make a decision based on the other choices from you guys and you know take that into consideration so it was the impossible tasks but oh so far that's when
1: i also knew we were the same because it was painful for all three of us totally. to only pick like two songs from the, one of the greatest decade. You know what I mean? It was impossible. Yeah, and then uh, in all the comments people would be like angry that we didn't mention certain songs. Little do they know we did mention all those songs. Totally. You know, sometimes I would just do whatever came to me first you know what right, I mean and not right. even allow myself to like totally sit there in it because the 90s in particular of course all three of us love the 90s so much But that was like an impossible task and then equally I would get excited when you or Patrick could name something I loved. I'm like okay good it's yes. represented in the it's represented <laughs> you know? I know
0: I know it's so true yeah. you, you, you nailed it we would we would have choices that we would say and then in the comments later they, they would be like I can't believe you didn't choose this and it's like little do you know like we Every decision was like, oh, this kills me, you know, it, it kills me so much. So it's so fun. And I know we'll have more to to do down the road. And I can't wait to get yes. uh, the three of us together, you know, at some point in time, like at a concert or it would be so cool to do. Like, It has a, to happen. Yeah, it has to happen. It has to happen. Um but we will we'll find more opportunities to do fun stuff together. We just need to get Patrick out here cuz you and I we're we're not too far. Yeah. We can we can hang out pretty easy. Yes. Yes, of course. Yes. But I so let's get a little bit into kind of your story, you know, where where you were born and raised and and uh the the life of music that you have led. You know, you've led an, a, an incredible Journey uh, from you know TV hosting to you know running a, a hit podcast, uh, working for Spotify, uh-huh. and just uh, in fitness and just so many incredible parts of your journey. Uh-huh. And I'd love to just kind of walk through that with you. So, so let's we'll start at the beginning.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, I'm from New York. It's called Rockland County, and I laugh. It's called Rockland. You can't yes! like, make this up. I'm literally, yes. from, I'm literally from Rockland County which is like 20 miles north of Manhattan. But um, I grew up loving music. I actually was raised on like Motown and 50s rock and roll. That's a, what my parents listened to. And that's great. So I was like yeah. very lucky that that's what I was raised on. Um, And I my mother would tell me about like American Bandstand and I saw reruns and I thought Dick Clark was the coolest. I love that he was sort of the liaison between artists and their fans. I just thought the fact that he would introduce new music to the audience was really cool. And then, of course, that became MTV. And yes. I feel so fortunate that I am the MTV generation. And I was glued to the screen, and I just wanted to be a VJ. That is all I have ever wanted to be. Well, besides being a doctor, which I actually went to school to study and graduated <laughs> with the pre-med degree. Oh, but, my gosh. um But I wanted to be a VJ and MTV. Wow. But, you know, I loved... Um, I loved Martha Quinn, and I, I, of course, loved Matt Pinfield, and I just thought that was the coolest. But I was a nerd. I was an academic. I loved school, and I actually did go to school to become a doctor. And... um while I was in school, you know, each summer I would come home and I would be like, what can I do just to like be touching music? And I literally my first job, I was it was a free internship working at Beggar's Banquet and I would literally stockpile CDs in a back room, literally wow. just so I could be near the music. I would literally right. pay to commute from Rockland County into the city and I would actually stockpile CDs like amazing, you know, it's yeah. That's so like Gen X. <laughs> yeah. That is <laughs> so know, right? Gen X. I don't know. Gen X. I don't know if young people would do that today, but I didn't. Right. That's proud of it. I was just I was happy to be like working at a label with like CDs and like whatever. Yeah. But what happened for me was I was the Sony college rep. Okay. And I won rep of the year. So out of college, I got a job offer at Columbia and Epic Records. And wow. I knew that Matt Pinfield worked at Columbia Records. Oh even wow. though he had nothing to do with the job I was offered, which is an assistant in like right, jazz. Right. Totally. Um, I was like, med school can wait. I literally graduated pre med, was like supposed to go to med school. I was like, yeah. med school can wait. Let me just take this job at Columbia. Let me try to meet Matt Pinfield and then I could be a VJ on MTV, you know.
0: So yes, I love this. Very
1: plan. very, very cute. Yeah, very cute. But um, what ended up happening was I literally <laughs> created a position for myself assisting Matt Pinfield, which had nothing to do with my other job. And I literally pitched to HR and Matt for months and months. And then finally, I we made this position happen. Incredible. And I ended up assisting Matt Pinfield. And I fell in love with AR. I fell in love with scouting unsigned talent and making records. And I became Matt's right hand. And I no longer was doing anything else. I was just Matt's right hand doing yeah. AR. And that was an incredible experience. One, because Matt was my hero. And now we became dear friends yeah and matt and i were attached at the hip we we would go out every night in new york city seeing bands you know going to mercury lounge and pianos and arlene's and like we lived the new york city this is early 2000s which was an incredible time for music an incredible time it was i saw you know the killers at don hills with three other people you know they're this is before they've ever played a show you know this was like this was trying to sign the killers. This is like the time of of it was, you know, it was really cool. It was like when all the the bands, the killers, the hives, the vines, you know,
0: garage rock revival that they refer to it now, which I mean, I I don't I didn't remember us knowing what to call it back then, but that was definitely like you knew the white stripes, the strokes, like all these bands were coming out that had this real rough sound and all of them had the the before the name. And it was like, yeah, this is definitely a thing happening right now. So, yeah, totally.
1: Uh, you also had like all the cool like dance punk and electro clash, you know, like the rapture and, you yes. know, LCD sound system. And like that was another an amazing time. So early 2000s in New York City was pretty incredible. And Matt Pinfield and I did it oh. like that was our life. We like were out every night till 4 a.m. and then we'd be in the office the next day. You know, it was pretty magical. That is magical. Um, that is magical. It was really magical. And then. I just got to see what Matt did. I went with Matt to all of his hosting gigs and I went with him. He was also on air at K rock at the time. And just Matt was sort of my mentor. I learned how to make records and be in the studio like, you know, with Matt. So it was yeah. really like a realizing a dream, um, just kind of working with a hero of yours, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I, was, I did A&R at Sony for eight years, so four years at Columbia with Mad, and then I went on to Epic Records becoming an A&R person myself, uh, and that's when I A&R'd bands like Lamb of God. That was pretty incredible. Um, that's awesome. I'm a know, fan of Lamb of God.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I did the
1: Sacrament album. Oh, that's awesome. And it was the first album that got their first Grammy nomination for that song, Redneck. I'm actually in the Redneck video.
0: <laughs> I did not <laughs> know this. Hilarious. I need to watch yeah. Oh, my God. This is
1: random trivia. I went to the shoot because I'm the band's AR person. And they were like, actually, Allison, it'd be pretty funny and fun if you were in the video. Oh my! So God. they literally took a Lamb of God T-shirt. We, like, made it into a dress for me. And yeah. I, like, I'm hanging on the bus with the guys. There's, just, like, one scene where I, like, throw a guy down in front of the bus bus. I don't know. It's hilarious. I'm in it several times. You could find the cameos. I am gonna the um, moment
0: this interview is over, I am going to rush to YouTube <laughs> and I'm gonna go find it. 100%.
1: <laughs> it's really funny. It's really good. Yeah, so I did A&R and then, you know, of course, I still always wanted to be like a host and, and be interviewing artists. And where sort of the turning point was, I saw an opportunity when brands were getting into doing content, music content series. And yeah. Steve Madden, the shoe company, was starting to do music content. I knew that Steve Madden was a massive music fan. You know, all of his famous platform shoes were inspired by his love of Elton John and Bowie. I did So he know that. always, yeah, uh, St- yeah, Steve Madden is a massive music fan. Wow, cool. So we launched Steve Madden Music together. And it was this cool idea where we would feature unknown artists on the rise. So I literally did episodes with Lady Gaga Katy Perry, Jason Derulo. Wow. I mean, it was so and these were like brand new artists, you know, so that was sort of my first um, really cool like music series that I did. And then I kind of became this like go to branded content series person. So I from there, I did countless music series. So that's when I kind of got like my interviewing going on. And sadly, by this point, MTV had really stopped doing music programming, you know? So I kind of missed, I was too young during the heyday of the VJ. I was too young. And then by the time I could be a VJ, MTV was no longer doing that. But fortunately, Fuse was. Fuse was the TV network that was doing music. And that's where I got my television debut that's where I got really my interview chops because, you know, you're thrown into festivals and I was doing like, I don't know, like a dozen interviews a day for several wow. days in a row. And yeah, and that's that was the first day on set. I literally cried tears of happiness because all I ever wanted to do was to host, you know, a music show and introduce the audience to new bands and new music. And it was really a dream come true. It was the cool, like fuse was sort of like the big turning point for me as far as being a host. It was so cool.
0: That's so cool. And I, yeah, it's exciting just to see like, you know, like you said, you went for pre-med and that was the plan. And then you took this one chance to, to work with Matt Penfield. And I can understand that because, you know, if that had even appeared in front of my, POV at that age, I probably would have done the same thing. It could have changed the entire trajectory of my life because when things like that happen and they're presented, you're like, I I can't miss this opportunity. And what's so cool is to see how it just continually the momentum grew and became more and more a part of your life to lead you to, to where you are today and getting on TV and being a host and um, just just incredible to watch. And, uh, you know, oh, the-
1: thank you. I had to jump on it. I had this like yeah. innate feeling that I was really meant to do it. And the fuse years were pretty incredible because that's when I had to not only get like my television and interviewing chops, but I had opportunities like being at Bonnaroo and being like, Eminem, who's headlining, is not doing any interviews and then finding out in five minutes, Eminem said he'll sit with you. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my God. you know. And for me, like interviewing artists is always about getting that initial respect. You know, you really have to have that trust and that rapport with someone, whether you're doing an interview or going on a date or meeting a friend for the first time. It's really about being present, you know, with that person and kind of getting their trust within a matter of seconds seconds, you know and moments so um i'm really proud of moments like that where with fuse where i got to do like that Eminem exclusive and just really interviewed chris cornell and and so many of my idols and heroes and then when all the music competition shows were coming up the cw did one called the next and i got to host that and that was with the celebrity judges were joe jonas nelly gloria estefan and john rich and that's when this new yorker moved to la <laughs> Wow! That, so that's when everything that changed. Was that's like, when you
0: change coasts wow that
1: was it that was sort of like you know as a new yorker i just like hate on la my whole life you know yeah. i'm such a new yorker and i have to tell you what, i do love la now new york is sure. forever my home and you know, my heart and soul. But I love L.A., but doing that show, you know, it was like a primetime network debut. The stakes were so high and it was incredible. I love production. I genuinely yeah. love traditional production. Um, and doing that show was pretty game changing. I To this day, I feel so fortunate I got to do that show, yeah. the high stakes. And I love it. I get very exhilarated and energized in those you know, opportunities. I bet. That's pretty cool.
0: That is pretty cool. And so yeah. that, how long ago was that, that you, that you jumped over to LA?
1: That was, oh my God, it's 10 years. 10 years? It's my actual 10 year anniversary. So yeah. So 2013. 10 years.
0: Wow. Wow. Yes. Well, yes. I'm, I'm glad. And from there, you we know,
1: and, and L, oh yeah, and LA was cool because it was a whole new playground for me physically as well because I had always been into fitness. Um, but LA is when I really, got more into it. I became a certified health coach and I I did I I got into CrossFit. I actually owned a CrossFit gym. That's how I met my husband. I was doing, you know, modeling for Reebok. <laughs> I actually hosted the CrossFit games one year. Wow. And, um hosted the X game. So I kind of got into my whole other passion, although music, you know, fitness and and that's another pillar of mine. So I got to really embrace that being in Los Angeles. And then Spotify called me. <laughs> yeah, the music, I, the music I business was, was just like co- yeah.
0: could not let go of you. They were like, you know, no matter. Now you've done a million other things, and the, and the fitness was a big part. But it was like here you were doing the CrossFit, and then the, the music industry is like, no, 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 come back, come back. You gotta, you got us to deal with. So then, then Spotify called.
1: It's so true. They, wow. Then Spotify called. I was full on hosting full time. I was doing my fitness stuff full time. I was hosting series like for Water and Refinery29 called Be a Badass, where I was like doing physical challenges. You know, I I had totally I was still a music fan and sure. not a normal music fan. I was still a hardcore music fan seeing shows and still connected with bands. But Spotify called. It was actually Doug Ford, who a, he managed a band that I a would with Matt Pinfield. So it all comes yeah. full circle, you yeah. know. And he's and he said, we are looking for a head of rock. We've never done genre experts before. Right. But I feel like when it comes to rock and alternative, you know, I have to just see if you're interested. And at first I was like, I don't know, a full time job again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. You were no, picking you, your you, own you know, hours up uh, until this point. So.
1: Yeah. I had a very different lifestyle. But when I heard about what it was and how no one had had this position before and I was like, you know what, this is very special. And you could do anything for a year. I'll just do it for like a year, you yeah, know, and sure, see how sure. it goes. But I fell in love with the position. Being the head of Rock at Spotify was an incredible opportunity. You know, I loved doing a and I loved leading for artists and giving them my everything. But there's only a handful of artists. You know, right. my role at Spotify, I was able to do that for thousands and thousands of artists worldwide every day you know putting an artist's song on a playlist is such a for some artists in certain cases it's it's literally what puts them on the map you know it's it's what changes the trajectory of their career it was the most rewarding thing that i did i ended up doing it for six years instead of the one year that i planned on yeah um but my other thing I loved about Spotify was I hosted the Rock This with Alison Hagendorf show and that right. that brought me it was full circle. Then it really went back to me interviewing artists and, you know, featuring up and coming new songs you need to know. And that's when I was like, you know what? This Spotify run has been great, but I have to do this type of stuff full time.
0: Right, right. Right. So then
1: I left Spotify and launched the Alison Hagendorf show. Which is Yay. my what I was always meant to do. Yes, and that's yes. what I'm doing now. And that's really that's what I was born to do. I was yeah. born to interview not just recording artists, and you know, athletes, actors, personalities. I've interviewed countless types of people over over 20 years now. And then I have my sound advice section with the playlist that it's featuring like five new songs you need to know this week kind of thing. So Yeah, it's been pretty amazing. I'm doing it myself. You know, it's my show. And uh, it's the first time I'm doing my show, you know, instead of like hosting for someone else. It's very rewarding when it's your own show. Yeah. And uh, I'm really proud of it. It's so exciting.
0: I love it. It's it's great to see. And I love seeing the clips. And you do have a really diverse cast of guests. And it's cool to see. And I think that's a really smart way. Of, uh, of handling the show because, you know, music is an important part of everyone's life, whether you're working close to it or it's just, a, you know, something that pumps you up for a game or you listen to it on set while shooting something or about to do a model shoot. You know, these people are touched and affected by music. And that's been one of the most rewarding things to all of this, honestly, is the reaction that people give me to a video that I make and saying, this made my day or I was really down and out. And so it's just a a nice place to be when you're in a public role and you get to be a part of sharing this music world with people. Because it does, it means so much to every individual. And when you have those moments where you look in their eyes and they share that moment with you it's just it's 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 magnetic and uh you it's know it's magic
1: I, it, it is, is magic. magic
0: it really is magic and uh i so i'm i'm thrilled the the show is relatively new as in it's only been going on for a couple months now right when did you officially launch
1: yes uh i launched in february today Big was way. episode 12 um awesome. i have twi- i have 22 interviews banked um oh, that's and this amazing. is this is the long haul. Like this is yeah. really exciting. And, you know, I I pride myself in in the guests and the range of guests because it's important to me to celebrate the past, present, and future of great music and yes. that rock and roll spirit, you know, yes. which transcends genre. I know that I'm known mostly as like the rock and alternative person, which I'm proud of because that is sort of my forte and my passion. But of course, yeah. I love all types of music. And when I was at Views and the CW is all and I was doing A&R was all types of music. Um, But I love that I have, you know, I'll have Sheryl Crow, who is an icon. And then I'll have Nandi Bushell, who just turned 13. And she's, you know, the drummer who did the battle with Dave Grohl and her first shows with Lenny Kravitz at the O2 Arena. You know, so I pride myself in having, you know, you know, Willow and Paris Jackson Mm -hmm. and Jax, who was a TikTok. Sensation, but really, you know, I love telling her story. She's been working at this forever, you know, yeah. so I love the be- it's just storytelling. It's really just Absolutely. celebrating the universal love of 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 music yes. and the rock and roll spirit that lives in each of us. So that's all the show is it really is just a celebration of people's stories and yeah. connecting artists with their fans on a deeper level.
0: Yeah. And it also helps me because it reminds me every time I see a clip of the show, to uh, not say Hagendorf, but to say Hagendorf, because I grew, up, <laughs> I grew up with a girl, and we pronounced it Hagendorf, and I don't know if it was just because uh, we were Oklahomans, and when you're in that part of the country, you say, hey, here comes a Hagendorf, <laughs> you know, it was probably something like that, you know? <laughs> Or uh, I don't know what it was, or maybe the whole time that we knew this girl, maybe it was Hagendorf and she just, you know, got tired of like correcting people. But, uh, but so I always have to tell myself, it's like, it's Alison Hagendorf. I love that. It's Alison Hagendorf.
1: First of all, I've never met another Hagendorf. So I'm shocked that you know another one. I do. And second of all, we're probably all mispronouncing it. I'm sure it's like Hagendorf or something, you know, um, So it's sort of a choose your own adventure of how you want to pronounce it. Yes. Yes. German surname. Um, It is a German name. Yeah. So that's (laughs) hilarious. Though, Yeah. I mean, it's a tough one. And that's funny because having the name Allison Hagendorf, you really got to like commit to it. You know what I mean? I had to make a choice early on. Am I going to like change my name and create a stage name? I was like, you know what? No. No. You know, I made I'm the only Allison Hagendorf and that's how I made literally my name in the industry. So I'm like I got to quadruple down on it and just be the Allison Hagendorf show and you know. Totally. You know, that's my name. Totally. And it, uh, I'm I, the only I, one.
0: I know that feeling too as a as a somebody who tried to put music out and am still currently working towards putting more out. I always was like, well, should I come up with like a like a band name or whatever? And I've just been like, nope, I'm Jacob Givens. I'm Jacob Givens. And it's crazy because there's apparently a lot of Jacob Givens is out in the world. There weren't when I was a kid, but oh, my oh, wow. gosh, I've had people contact me and be like, you know, online and they're like, man, you have like every single handle on social media. And I'm like, got here first. That's why. Because I'm older. <laughs> I got here first. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it's, it's That's it's, amazing. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I had to become Allie Hagendorf because Allison Hagendorf was just too damn long. It wouldn't fit. <laughs> so I became Allie Hagendorf. Which is fine because people call me Allie or Allison. It yeah. doesn't matter to me. Yeah, I call. I called you Allie, I
0: think. I think I've called you Allie for time or time. Yeah,
1: either one is fine. Yeah, you're, you're
0: okay with it's it. It's all good.
1: Well, yes, it's it's such all
0: good. a such a cool journey, and uh, and now I want to get into you know the 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 core of waterproof records, which I always ask my guests. I always say, there there had to be the album. Now, for someone like you and someone like me, it's tough to choose. It's tough to slim it down to one. Because you can honestly make an argument and say, well, at this time in my life, this did this, or I heard this one and it totally changed my life in this way. But usually I can (laughs) get people to come around to the notion that there's going to be the big one, the one that really like said, I will never shake this feeling and I could probably describe (laughs) it at a party uh, for the rest of my life. I could stand there and if somebody said, do you remember when I could say, oh, I remember. And so you came back to me and you chose which album? I even
1: brought a visual. Good. I brought a visual. Let's the show ori- it. The original Nirvana "Nevermind" album. There it is. Nirvana "Nevermind." This, this, this is. It's right there. This this was not difficult for me because yeah. I could literally describe my life before and after Nirvana, specifically yeah. "Nevermind." Yes, absolutely. Um, I I think I told you I was raised on Motown and 50s rock and roll and I grew up dancing. So I fell in love with R&B and R&B pop that was popular Mm -hmm. at the time in the late 80s, like early 90s. I loved Boys to Men, you know, Janet Jackson, Michael Jackson, Belle Biv DeVoe, SWV and Vogue that I was obsessed, obsessed when I was actually a very good dancer and I was going to like dance like. Pretty seriously. Yeah. And I was at a bat mitzvah. This is in April. I can tell you it was April of 1992. And I was literally doing like the running man to like MC Hammer. (laughs) Yes. And all of a sudden, Smells Like Teen Spirit came on. Wow. And something happened to me that I started. It was out of body. I'm not kidding. I started grabbing people and just jumping and moshing without knowing what moshing was. I'd never seen that before. I knew nothing about that. Right. And literally lost my mind. And at the end of the song, I went up to the DJ. I'm like, what is that song? He's like, oh, it's this new band. It's called Nirvana. Literally had my parents drop me off at Tower Records the next morning. I was there all day reading everything i could about nirvana and literally that day became like an expert because i think i was there for like 12 hours yeah i read everything i could about nirvana seattle grunge what was happening because that's what you knew you you didn't you know that's what you had access to Yeah, was tower records and mtv and i read every magazine subscribed to every magazine and from that day on I became a sponge and wanted to learn everything. Not only about Nirvana, I wanted to know everyone who Kurt loved. I wanted to learn about the artists that he loved. Right. All the covers he did. I would then go learn. I literally learned about David Bowie really because of Kurt. I'm not kidding. I love that. Like hearing his version of the man who sold the world. I was like, he loves David Bowie. I need to like revisit this, you know, and Kurt was my compass. Yeah. Uh, to to rock an alternative. And from that day on, that was it. It was right. part of me and became obsessed and had to make it my life. And yeah. I did. And I yeah. have. And you, I
0: do. You, you I'm you touched on it perfectly. And you really shared a notion about that time. That's so important to remind, you know, most most listeners of, of my show are, you know, from our generation, but I do. There's younger people that listen and you go, information just moved a lot slower back then. There's no internet, there's no accessing things immediately. So we get the things, the, the information about the band, is I'm at a record store, I'm at a bookstore, I'm reading a magazine, I'm watching MTV, Kurt Loder's breaking it down for me on MTV yes. News. I'm getting it yes. like this, right? And then you have your circle of friends where somebody hears something through somewhere else and you're passing each other stories. You have no way of like validating or verifying this tale or this story. It's just a rumor, it's an urban legend. And some of those things that we would talk about back then, you would years later like finally go, "Was that was that true?" And then you go look and some were true and some were made up and stories and you know, myths about these people. But it's true about Nirvana when it came and arrived in our path. There, it 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 blew the doors down of all that was happening for for most of us kids at the time. And, you know, whenever I've covered this album, there's a lot of these people that come forward and say, oh, well, there was counterculture and questioning authority music before that and punk. And there were so many artists. And I'm like, I I know. But guess who didn't know? 13 year old Jacob Givens living in Tulsa, Oklahoma, going to a a school and just walking around with his little backpack and being like Nirvana. You know, like I you're touching on that. Kurt introduced you to Bowie. That's how it was. We we didn't we weren't 10 years old and there was literally a YouTube clip that says these are the top 50 bands that you need to know. You know what I mean? That Yeah. Did, that didn't yeah. exist. You were getting things slow. Um
1: Yeah, and you had to seek it out. You had, you had to, to seek, seek it, it out and And the the thing that was so significant about Nevermind in particular, that was different from before, is that that, it made it mainstream. It was the first time that counterculture was that mainstream. Of course, counterculture existed. Of course. Of course. course, It was not mainstream. It was pop music. It was literally (laughs) pop music. Um, and that's what the difference was, and that's like to explain to people who like didn't live at that time to understand how big it was. This was like on hits radio, you right. know, right? And um, and it was a gateway where now that made it popular. So like all other bands that we loved could have mainstream appeal as well, right? Um it like nirvana wasn't first or any of these things it just yeah. was the catalyst for bringing it to the mainstream exactly you, that is that That's is all it was. well yeah.
0: said because and it really speaks volumes as to why gen xers and Xennials are the way we are because there's this kind of like we won't take shit and we don't necessarily trust all the things presented to us and we got to see for ourselves and we're a little bit stubborn and it has to do with a counterculture movement that became mainstream, it became mainstream, and of yeah. course, of course people milked it and it went too far and there were bands being made that you were like, this is very disingenuous and this is like clearly manufactured grunge or alternative, but there was still amongst the entire conversation, and I think that that's why young people now look back at the 90s much like we were looking back at uh, the 60s and the, you know, the, yeah. the hippie era and that you know early 70s and being like, that was what a great time, because whenever the whole world decides at once to go question everything, like don't trust yes. what's being spoon fed to you, like take another look. It changes the conversation and it changes the way that we all look at things. And so that's what it did for our generation. It And that's why it's become so significant now is I think that we're on the edge of that happening again. I think we're on the precipice of a whole generation of young people kind of going, I don't really like what's being given to me by social media, fakeness, you know, like I I want real, I (laughs) want raw. And seeing young people now buying vinyl and going, I wanna hold the media in my hands. I am like, yes! Yes, it's like yes. we're moving to this direction where uh, yeah, kids are going. I need to physically hold the album, and people like you and me are going. I get it. I need to hold it too. I need to have that CD. I need that you to just hold pre- it. Yes, yes, it feels that good.
1: tangible, that yes. tangible experience. And I also want to say that you know we tend to talk in terms of generations, and of course there's like sweeping generalizations you can make. But but Gen Z, there are always going to be kids who don't love the mainstream yes. popular pop or whatever is popular at the time music. Right, right. And I, you know, rock and alternative are very much alive. They're just underground, sure, <laughs> which, sure. by the way, it's always been. You know, there's yeah. always it's, it's just underground and those kids are seeking it out. And I mm-hmm. love those kids. Like those kids too. are us. You know, yeah. I went to go see recently the band Inhaler. Uh, who did two sold out nights at the Will Turn? Mm-hmm. And these are kids. They're kids from from Dublin. It's actually, it's actually Bono's sons' band. Oh, and is it really? They would be they would be so angry if I'm saying that because they literally are, have done it all themselves. So yeah, DIY yeah. and they're so talented. But the kids all at the show. First of all, don't know who Bono is and don't aren't you. These are kids, you know what totally. I mean? They're not like totally. u two fans. Right, right. <laughs> even they, if they knew about that it that it was Bono's son, they wouldn't even care because they it's like they don't have that context. Right. But the band is so incredible and the fans are so diehard. It was like a Beatlemania kind of feeling. Yeah. And I was like looking around the room, feeling so happy. I'm like seeing these young people, I'm like, these are my people. You know, yes. these these are my these are like my people. And uh, it brought me so much happiness. So it's still a really great place for rock and alternative. It's just more underground.
0: Exactly. That you you said it, which is there are good bands. And people say that all the time to me, they say oh, well, it's just not like that anymore. I'm like, no, the problem is you just have to find it. You have to seek it out. You to have to go it. get it. And because we do live in a streaming world, which I mean, hey, I partake in. You know, we were just talking about the tangible media, but it is convenient to be able to an album releases and I can stream it on my phone right away. So I I use the streaming technology and what it does is it makes it so easy to get all this music all the time that it's very easy to lose or not be able to find those gems out there. And so those yes. those Gen Z younger, even younger rockheads that love or or any yeah. genre of music that's pushing boundaries, it exists. It's just we will I think we will see soon it rise up to the loudest yeah. point again. Cause it feels like in the cycle we'll we'll hit that again. We'll hit that that same thing where the entire oh, world decides, sure. like, I need this to be the most talked about music and art that is out there. You know, so I think we're we're on the edge. I can feel totally. it. it's like surging through after. We really are. Yeah. After we went through. And it's
1: really cool because these kids, you know, had access to the stuff we grew up with. So they're influenced by it. But then they're making it fresh and doing it yes. their own way. Like there's this artist called The Dare. Who lives in Brooklyn, and he's really bringing up that the early 2000s in New York. You can tell he's very inspired by like the Rapture and LCD Sound System. He has a song called "Girls," and he's just doing. It's just really exciting because it it pays homage to the early 2000s, but then it's kind of like a new, fresher feel to it. I have so my playlist, uh, the Alison Hageroff Show playlist, is all new music you need to know and. For someone who's lost and doesn't know where to begin, it's a lot of really good new rock and alternative on it. I feel like, Jacob, I think you would actually like a lot of stuff on there. Absolutely. Um, But I I have Inhaler on there. I have The Dare on there. It's like really, it's it's an awesome playlist. But I'm just, I'm always waving the flag, you know? I'm always waving the flag and... And I'm also on a mission to evolve the genre and for people to celebrate where it is today. Because if we kind of just hang on to the greatness of the past, which is great, and it will never be like that ever again. I'm the first one to say you'll never have another Led Zeppelin. There'll never be another Beatles in that capacity. It just just won't. It won't be another Nirvana. It was a timing thing, you know, but it doesn't mean there's not new great music. Um, And I like to be one of the, you know, the platforms for people to discover new music. I'm always going to be waving the flag for new, for new music discovery.
0: Yes. Absolutely. It's my way of
1: being an MTV VJ for life. Yeah.
0: <laughs> absolutely. And I, yeah. I love that about you and I do pay attention to the recommendations that you offer. And I've, you know, because of this, I've gotten, I've gotten better at it because I mean, I, I have grown up, our youth was a little different in in terms of how I was exposed to music and what I allowed in. We talked a little bit about this when I, uh, we hung out with Patrick on zoom and we were recording those things. You guys had this much more diverse palette of, even when we were referencing those years in the past, because you were allowing, you know, the Janet Jackson's and he had the hip hop influence. And I've, I've talked about it on the show before about my lack of knowledge on those. And, there was a sense, at least in my circle, there was like a there was a music snobbery amongst my peers when I was a teenager. There was like a this is cool, this isn't cool. And it's interesting cuz like when I was in that time period, I would listen to things in secret. I was just telling my wife the other day, I said do you know that like I loved Dave Matthews band, but I did not talk about how I love Dave Matthews band with my friends that I was running around with at the time because it was like you kind of had oh to be my like, God. here's this awesome band that I love. But if you were to say it to like your They're other awesome. band heads, they'd be like, really, D- Dave Matthews band? You like it's that? so
1: funny. Right? I can't believe that. I never had any of that. I never understood the guilty pleasure. I'm like, what I don't feel guilty about anything totally. I like. I'm actually very proud that I love all of these things. That's so interesting though. It is. Yeah. It's
0: it's weird. And it's one of those things that, yeah, I don't have I don't have guilty pleasures. People all the time are like, hey, what are your guilty pleasures? And I'm like, in my 40s, nothing is a guilty pleasure. I love <laughs> just the, you know what I mean? You kid me. I will crank ABBA. I will crank I whatever. I will play everything. It, everything. It. And I don't don't have any guilty pleasures anymore, but it was a real thing back then. And it really limited the, the palette. Right. And so as you share artists that you're into and these new things that you need to check out, it's, it's been fun for me as an adult now to flex and get out of my, um, comfort zones and learn more. Now I have been doing that for the past 20 years, but it it is interesting about how, when people look at me and they say, you know, you know, this era of the nineties, it's because my gaze was very, very focused on a specific corner of yeah. it the, the most. you know. So l- I'm still learning about artists that I skipped and ignored from that decade. And it's been great. It's been great as an adult to be like, oh, this is fantastic. Why wasn't I listening to this the Wait, whole time? Is there, an,
1: is there an artist recently that you sort of – fell in like, love with in recent times, like from that era that you didn't listen to then, but now you love it now.
0: Yeah, there is. Let me have, you put me on the spot, the interviewer. Oh, coming sorry. in. sorry. I can't no, help no, myself. No. no, no, it's okay. I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll, I'll give you an example of a recent episode. Um, I recently had Brian Vander Ark from the Verve pipe on the show. He was my guest recently. And Freshman. he, uh, when I asked him his waterproof record, he said, James Taylor, sweet baby, James. Now, here's an album from 1970, and I talked about this, so I, I won't repeat myself too much, but I but I was like, James Taylor in the 90s was cheesy, like old people rock, and it was like, there he was, bald, and he's wearing his yuppie clothes, and I mean, I wouldn't be caught dead listening to James Taylor in the 90s, and so my whole life, I was very dismissive of anything he would do. And then he chose this as his album. And so this is going to happen time and time again. I'm going to have come, somebody come on the show and they're going to pick something that I'm like, <sighs> Patrick too." Patrick chose Notorious B.I.G., an album I had never spent any Amazing. time with. So he's, he tells me. So uh, Brian Van Der Ark says James Taylor. So I listened to the album and I'm like, oh, this is really great. This is a really good album. Yeah. This is a very like, it's very soft. It's very it's it's like it's a very intimate album. And I was reading up on it and I was going, here's something in 1970, a completely different era of this artist that I wasn't aware of. So that is what's yeah. kind of cool. Um, and then I think in the 90s, I'm trying to think of there's somebody that somebody has sent to me and I've been like, I, I didn't know about this band or coming in on it. Um, but it's been, you know, I'd say Patrick's That's recommendation. Awesome. Yeah. It's been, a, it's been, well, while. I always say it
1: doesn't matter when you discover a great album. It's yeah. just the point is, as long as you discover it, you know, yeah. and, and whenever you discover it is the perfect timing for you and what yeah. a gift it is that we can now access everything, pretty yeah. much everything. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I learned about, I learned about queen from Wayne's world, you know, yes. from the Bohemian Rhapsody S- scene, same. you know,
0: same, same. It's same. 100% right. so same. So then I be-
1: went back and learned about Queen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's one of those things that we would be presented. You know, a, a movie would have a song on the soundtrack. So then you get the soundtrack and you learn a band. Uh, it, the the Bohemian Rhapsody from Queen. It's not like you and I hadn't heard the band name Queen probably said right. or mentioned. But we wouldn't have the, the, the ability. There's no context for it. There's no context for it. And so it's not like when you're 13, 14 years old you're immediately looking to the past. You're actually looking straight ahead. You're looking at what's coming in front of you at the time. Yes. And so when Wayne's World puts that in the scene, you're like, wow, this song's incredible. And then you learn about Queen. I was just laughing with um, my friend the other day. I said, I heard Faith No More's cover of War Pigs before I heard Black Sabbath's War Pigs. Like I literally thought war pigs was a faith no more song. And then it led me into black Sabbath. So it's like all these things that you would, or, or, Oh, the quintessential landslide smashing pumpkins. Uh. (laughs) Now, now, that's one that people probably slap their foreheads because they're going, you're telling me you did not know that that was Fleetwood Wait, Mac? Wait, you
1: didn't know? You nope. didn't know that nope. that's Stevie Nicks' song? Nope. Oh, Be- my God. Because Jacob, my that's my parents
0: were not listening to Fleetwood Mac. They were not. You know what I mean? It wasn't in my household. And I think that if it's not in your household, if your parents or
1: family- Wait, or hold s- on. Have you yeah. told Billy Corgan that you thought that Landslide was his song? I'm going to tell him that. You
0: tell him that I for going me. To Tell he him and that, I have
1: you, we've that's he, a compliment. That's a compliment.
0: We, yes, absolutely. He and I have never met face to face. The only time we got a chance to wave at each other was last year at the show. He was over there and it was like, a, you know, somebody was like, oh, there's Jacob, the mayonnaise video guy. And he was like, oh, you know, it's like, hey. So we've we've yet to have that like one on one conversation. But I have been dying to say something like that to him. So please tell him and and, I will.
1: I'm actually going to see him soon and I I will tell him specifically about this story and I think he will be flattered that his version of landslide is so good that you thought that was his song, which is amazing. That's incredible. So then I would,
0: you know, not too long after. Thankfully, it didn't take me to get to be an adult to find that out. But somebody I said, oh, and then that song landslide. That's such a great cover. And I was like, wait, what? It's a cover. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so that was a. this is such a good point about the way that we, you know, participated in art and music back then. It's like you kind of had to wait for somebody to put it in front of your face. And I think that that's what's fun about what you and I do, which is we now get to be the Wayne's world that shows the Bohemian Rhapsody. To a new generation or our own generation that didn't pay attention. We get that opportunity to share and we do it in such a way that it's like, oh, I had never paid attention to that before. I'd heard about it a million times, but now I get a chance to hear from the artist that's on your show that's talking about their journey or like what inspired them or, you know, and so that's it's just a fun thing to be able to share art with somebody else to say you should You should check this out, you
1: know? It's so great. And that's why I always ask my guests about their influences. Um, Well, one, because I'm just genuinely intrigued to know, you know, who they grew up listening to. But for fans watching and listening, I want them to hear, you know, if Youngblood was, you know, grew up listening to the Sex Pistols and The Clash, I want young kids to be like, oh, that's cool. I'll go check them out out now, you know? So it's sort of like... It's like we're like missionaries, you know, yes. it's like, you know, teaching people, young people of all ages, of all ages mm-hmm. about great music, past, present and future. Yes. But it's Ab- all about.
0: Absolutely. And I, I'm slowly but surely getting the opportunity to show people. I do listen to music outside of the 90s as well, you know, so I like a lot of <laughs> other things. I just haven't gotten there yet. So it is it is all well, about I'm always lo- here for you. Yes. I'm thank always you. here
1: for you as a resource. Thank yeah.
0: you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And you are a resource. You're a huge resource and you are for the world as well. You know, people really, um, you know, you're the you you were mentored by Matt Penfield. So you have that touch. You have that look, that gaze that I think is not easy because to be able to find art and music and things that are coming out that people don't know about, there's a lot to sift through and it takes, it takes, it takes time. It takes effort. And I've always really relied upon either, you know, a buddy of mine who suggests something or I happen to stumble across it, but it's it's difficult. And I know that that most people are <laughs> like, I want to know new bands. I want to know new music. That's like such a number one question. So you're you're doing the doing the hard work that nobody takes Aww. the time to do so.
1: Thank yeah. you. I'm, my, my ears are very fine-tuned now because yeah, of my years at Spotify where I would literally listen. I'm not exaggerating like thousands of bands a week. I'm not kidding. Like I would yeah. literally go through and listen to whatever was coming out that week. So my ears are like, I always say I'm like, I'm like a sommelier for wine, yeah, you know, totally. like you can like taste it. They could taste a wine, They like name all the notes. They like know everything about it based on tasting it. I feel like when I, when I hear music now, I'm uh, just, cause it. I've, I've listened to so much. um that when something stands out it really makes an impression you know that that's when you know something's very special
0: you're an ear sommelier I love it an audio audio sommelier a
1: sonic sommelier a sonic sonic sommelier.
0: oh oh. I
1: think I just coined that Allie that's your phrase
0: right there the sonic Sonic sommelier sommelier. oh my god I love
1: wine I love Uh, wine so uh, much and I I actually want to be a sommelier Yes, yeah. I actually oh, that's so funny. I wanted to
0: be one too. I actually wanted to be one too. I um for a brief minute there I bought some books and tried to study. Um, and I, I definitely got overwhelmed. And I was like, well, maybe I could move over to whiskey. And I thought maybe because <laughs> like, I love single malt whiskeys as well. And I was like, I'll move from yeah. from wine because, boy, wine is a vast expanse. Yeah. Like that knowledge yes, is, it is. Is, is huge.
1: So much respect. Yeah. So much respect world. for that
0: ability. And so then I was going to do whiskey and that was just as hard. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to resign to being I enjoy them and I will drink them.
1: Same. I like to learn, though. I like to be a student and I love to learn whenever I can in every area, you know, in music as well. I'm like you, like if someone mentions an artist, I don't really know a lot about them. I do take the time to read up on them. Yeah, because I music's my study. You know, I love it. I really do. I know you feel the
0: same. I do. I do. And it's it's what's interesting is my life trajectory just led me down so many paths that had nothing to do with music. And here I am back and it really does feel like coming home. It really, in a lot of ways, Aww. it does. It feels like, why did I why did I not involve it? Not that I ever stopped listening to music or bands or, you know, I'm, I'm hilariously one of those people that anywhere, you know, in any job I had, I would find some excuse to like, in my little cube while I was working away, find a way to get music in there. And that's been yeah. with me my whole life. I've never been able to just like do things in silence. I'm always playing something. Yes. So... So, but, it, but having all this happen over these past few years and having the show and meeting you and, and having these doorways open, I'm living my best life because this is something that 13 year old Jacob, who was getting his mind melted by Nirvana's nevermind, just like you, yes. I'm looking now and I'm going like, this is where you're, you're supposed to be. This is exactly where you're supposed yeah. to be. So it feels good.
1: That's the best feeling. Yeah. And that, and and with the show, and that's how I feel about with this show Um, I'm also just, I love connecting with music fans. You know, I really just love like meeting you and Patrick and just fellow music fans. Those are our people. And I just love to connect with them. And it makes me feel like in this crazy world, (laughs) when you connect through music, music is medicine and you find your people and you share the shared passion and, and love of music. It just sort of makes everything okay. Well said. Well said.
0: Yeah. Well, I have taken up your entire afternoon at this point. I love so it. I, have, I love, I, it. I oh, love it. You, you know I, I can talk to you for hours. I we we always can and this is how yeah. it was when we'd be with Patrick too. We'd get going and we'd be like we eventually have to end this call. We don't want to because we can talk forever. <laughs> so I can only imagine when yeah. we get together in person just the the going into the night, drinking wine and listening and going, yes. oh, "Oh, wait, let me show you this. Oh, wait, 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 wait." Yes. So, gotta make it happen yeah oh but Allison Hagendorf thank you for coming (laughs) on to Waterproof Records see I I had to for a moment don't say Hagendorf don't say Hagendorf well done
1: yeah so
0: is there um obviously my listeners need to check out your podcast check out your show your playlist you know if you go and find her on social media She's easy to find. She's out there. You need to be following her if you're not. So please go check out those new bands she's recommending and and get some new takes. The cool
1: thing is, is the Alison Hagendorf show, it's everywhere. So it's wherever you listen to podcasts and then you can also watch it on YouTube and Instagram and then socials. It's at Allie Hagendorf. And I really would love to connect with you guys. So please hit me up. I just yeah. want to hear what you're listening to, what you're liking. If you have any requests for, for me to interview an artist or to be on my sound advice, let me know. And I have the playlist. The Allison Hagendorf playlist is also on Spotify and Apple and every platform as well. I love it. So, I love it. All good stuff. Thank
0: you for coming on. This has been you know, months in the making, and I'm so happy that you're yes. here. And, and thanks again for coming on the show. Um, thank you, Ali. Hagendorf.
1: Jacob, I appreciate you. And uh, you are doing the good work, my friend. And I, I love you for it. And I support you. And I love us. I always yes. say I love us. I love us. I love she, us. she
0: does say that. That's
1: definitely A. That. on our Patrick Alley
0: threads. She goes, I love us. And I'm like, ah. It. <laughs> so.
1: It's the best. Well, thank, thank you, you again
0: for coming on the show.
1: Thanks for having me
0: what a great interview i'm so glad that ali joined me on this week's waterproof records and again thank you so much for always coming back and checking out the show and spreading the word i can feel this show is growing and getting more of an audience and we're getting off the ground and i have you to thank for that so thank you for continually sharing Telling people about it and just helping Waterproof Records become the show that it was meant to be. So I can't do it without you. Again, check out my sponsor, distrokid.com/slash VIP waterproof. Get that 30% off your music, getting out into the world. And uh check every other week for a new episode of Waterproof Records. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you next time. Things are gonna change, I can feel If this be
1: that kind of fun. Yeah.